Welcome back, fanatics. It's your host, D-Chess, one of the best, and this is the Extraordinary Extraordinary Sports Podcast. And today, there's so many candidates right now currently in the NBA for the most valuable player. There are many candidates, but who's going to win the race? Is it LeBron James? Is it Jokic? Is it Giannis? Is it Harden? Is it Curry? And one more dark horse that I'm going to leave. When I come back, fanatics, we're going to discuss it. Okay, Fanatics, the MVP race is heating up in the NBA. We're going down the stretch right into the playoffs, and it's hard to make a choice right now. Right now, my leading MVP candidate is Nikolai Jokic. I mean, listen, what can I say about the guy, man? Big man status. Seven-footer man averaging 26, 11, and 8. Hold on, I'm going to repeat that. He's averaging 26 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists. Are you kidding me? Uh, have we even seen a big man come close to averaging a triple-double? Averaging a triple-double. Like I'm going to repeat that again. 26 points, 11 rebounds, which is, I think, is regular for all NBA big men, right? That's what you expect from an all-NBA um, big man. Over 23 points, double-digit rebounds, but the eight assists. Jokic might be one of the best passing big men in the NBA, uh, hands down, that mm, we ever seen. Like, you know, I sit back and I think, you know, Chris Webber was a good passer. Um, Sabonis was a good passer. KG was a good passer. No, but they weren't eight assists per game. They weren't the triple double machine that Jokic is. It's so oppressive. Like Jamal Murray, you know, recently tore his ACL. And honestly, most people who watch the NBA, now I'm pretty sure Fanatics would agree with me, felt, hey, there goes the Nugget season. Jokic not gonna be able to do it himself. But nope. Since the injury, he's been averaging 31 points, 13 rebounds, and 8 assists since he left. So he stepped up. Now, is that going to be sustainable through the playoffs for him? I think it might be a lot. For a guy that's playing every day, I would have never thought that playing almost every game. I think he only missed one game this year. Playing one game, I mean, missing one game will be part of the MVP talks. But it is. He's been consistent. He's played at an all-pro level. And simply put, he's averaging eight assists. He's been a triple-double machine, and to me, he's our, to me, he's the projected winner right now, you know, because he didn't miss a game in the consistency of his play, you know. I'm more than impressed by Jokic's season this year, and I don't think he gets his roses. I don't think the praise that he's getting is not enough. There's something special. If he could push those assist numbers up, he could be a big man averaging a triple-double for a season, which is, you know, completely... If he does that, it's hands down. It's not even... It shouldn't be an afterthought. It shouldn't even be thought of. It shouldn't even be a question. Everybody's vote should go to Jokic. But, you know, down the run, we'll see. We'll see how these voters vote because there's another player in Brooklyn that... A lot of people felt, wow, 
James Harden. He's out of shape. Oh, he's selfish. Which I could, you know, I could see some of these pundits saying that because he forced the trade to get out of there. But understand, nowadays you play at an elite level and you're as great as James Harden is, you could dictate your situation. You could force a team's hand. He's not getting any younger. He's not 25. You know, he's in his 30s. Like, I want to win now. The offensive numbers are there, but I want to win now. So when the trade was made, can these guys share the ball together? Can they play together? Oh, they wiped those doubts out. And, you know, James Harden benefited the most because the microscope's not on him. James, can you lead us to the champion? James, it's all on you, James. He feels supported. For a guy that in Houston that would play every game, play ridiculous minutes, come down to the playoffs and just wouldn't have it, just wouldn't finish. It was all on him. And it wasn't fair. The amount of minutes he played, you know what I mean? Everybody gets tired. That's no excuse. You know what I'm saying? But, man, if you really look back at the numbers and look how many minutes he was playing, and then in the playoffs playing the same type of minutes, nah, it didn't help. And I don't think he was the most comfortable being in that microscope. Like, yo, lead us to the promised land. Like, be that guy. Now he feels supported, and the microscope is not on him. It's on three of them. It's on Durant, Kyrie, and Harden. But James Harden looks so comfortable. I mean, he showed, you know, coming to Brooklyn, he really, really showed the complete player he was. He is, you know. I mean, he's averaging 25, 8, 11. The only thing is he mastered, you know, he missed the last seven games with, with a hamstring injury. I'm like, mm, that's going to set him back. When the vote getters saying, oh, he missed all these games, but man, you cannot tell me the impact that James Harden had on this Brooklyn Nets team is ridiculous. I mean, games where it was just him. He took over, he dominated, he led this team. Then Kyrie coming back, controlling the tempo, running the team, knowing when to defer, when knowing when not to. You know, it shows the intelligence that James Harden, you know, has that, you know, Houston. I say basketball fans because I know Houston appreciated going to the playoffs every year, going to the Western Conference Finals, going going deep, deep in the playoffs. But NBA fans, period, basketball fans, period, I don't think they fully appreciate the skill of James Harden, the talent of James Harden, the intelligence of James Harden. And he has shown that this year. I mean, the setback, the injury setback is obviously going to impact the candidacy moving forward. But, man, it's hard not to, you know, it's hard not to have James Harden up on that list. My next candidate, Joel Embiid. Oh my God. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's the criticism from everybody, from Shaq, Barkley, from a lot of players that said, yo, you're not in shape. You're not playing every day. You're not playing at the at your max. You're not showcasing the world your max talent. Last year he was showing in games. Here and there he'll be hurt. Here and there. Then some games he'll be, you know. Non-existent. But this year, this year, oh, you felt Joel Embiid every night. You knew you had to deal with him every night. He put up Shaq numbers. He's averaging 29 points, 11 rebounds on 51% shooting. Those are Shaq numbers. As much as Shaq don't like, you know, no, as Shaq would tell you, no one compares to him. No, as he should. Then that's the provider you have as a professional in anything. You should have that provider that knows better than you, but 
man, Joel and B right now is it, it, showing that Shaq like dominance, and it's fun to watch. You know, he had a knee injury. He was out for ten games. Would some of the voters say, ah, he didn't play every day and Jokic had? Because I, I think that's what this race is going to come down to. Who played more games? Who was there every night? But I hate to um, hold an injury against Joel. But, man, that's the only thing that's going to separate these guys. But having a Shaq-like season, deserved to be in the spotlight. He definitely want one of the top MVP candidates on my list. When I come back, I'm going to discuss three more candidates. Two were mighty familiar of him. One is my dark horse favorite. Welcome back, fanatics. Now I'm going to discuss my last three candidates for the MVP race this year in the NBA. As I said, two we're familiar with, and one is my dark horse favorite. First, you know, obviously, King James. I'm not going to even throw no numbers out there. To do what he's doing at his age and to be dominant, I mean, it, it, it's it, it, like you said, I'm left speechless here. He's a, he's going to be a Hall of Famer first ballot. Um, he should have won his award several more times than what he did. Um, you could tell the difference between when he's on the court with the Lakers and when he's not. I mean, he got a high ankle sprain right now. Like I said, he missed the last 10 games. Just know that LeBron James is the league's best player. It's a toss-up. I think it's a toss-up now between him and Kevin Durant, but to me, LeBron be number one. I think he's the he edges Kevin Durant because he can do everything. Um, the dominance he has shown over the last couple of years, let's give that man his respect. And I think if he played, you know, if he played every game, I don't think he would have won it this year because the way Embiid and Jokic is playing. But man, the consistency is, is like he's so great that we're bored that he's great. Like we don't even appreciate it no more. I do. I know I do. I appreciate that man, but a lot of people don't. You know, that's happened to a lot of jaded fans, you know. Someone's great so long, they start to hate it. They start, oh, he's not doing nothing new. Yeah, because what he's doing is great. But like I said, LeBron James played at an MVP level. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets a lot of votes, you know. But I think he's not going to play into the playoffs. He's going to probably miss 20 games. So it's probably going to scratch him out of winning. But... You still can't deny it. Now, next. <sighs> Somebody who these last couple of games. Oh my God. Stephen Curry. God damn. The greatest sh shooter of all time. The greatest shooter of all time, hands down. It's not even a question, not even a thought. He's the greatest shooter the NBA has ever seen. Hands down. Hands down. It's not off the dribble, off screens, set shots, from half court, 
half court set shots, half court of the he could do it. And um, the tear he has been on in the last couple of games. Eleven straight games of at least thirty points. He made at least ten three pointers in four of his last five games, and then he became the NBA scoring leader by doing this on his last stretch of games. He surpassed Bradley Beal. It's for a season where players criticized him and said, "Oh, you don't have your time around you. Scoring is going to be mighty hard." Or being the Stephen Curry that we know is going to be mighty hard, that you're protected by all this greatness. He's showing you, I'm putting this team on my back and I'm carrying him. And it's, and it's shutting up all the critics that have the doubts about Steph. He's a man who changed the game. Yes, he's a man who changed the game. Yeah, the reason why you complain about all these three-pointers and, and oh, it's not basketball. Well, he did it. He ran up the score on many teams and all these analytics came in. It's like, hold on, we can, we can mimic this. You either get in a dunk or a three-pointer. What's the point of a mid range? You quicken the game up, the score many points, because that's how we got to keep up with the Warriors. He has changed the game, and he continues to show his greatness. I'm not going to give it to him. I wouldn't vote for him, but I know a lot of people would. I know every fan in Golden State would. Um, I just think the um, Warriors losing. And being in the place to end, that's not all his fault. But you know, past years they hold losing against other players that have done great, had great seasons. So why are we gonna stop here? Um, but like I said, he's shown his greatness on a daily basis, and he'll be an All NBA player. But he's an MVP candidate. But I don't think he would be MVP. Now, to my dark horse from my New York Knicks, Julius Randle. Averaging 23, 10, and 6 for a Knicks team that we expected nothing from. This Knicks team was supposed to be 500, and we would be like, you know what? We're moving forward. We're pushing forward. We expect this team to be 500, maybe make the playoffs. He has them in the fourth seed right now. They just won eight in a row. And Julius Randle has carried them on his back all year. He epitomized the grit and toughness that Pivotal preachers. And you see the culture around it has changed. The effort has changed. They're playing to win it. And that, that is a big, 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 big part to do with the coaching. Tom Thibodeau has done a great job. I mean, he should be coach of the year. But for your star player to feed, feed like, to buy into it, feed it to his teammates, and everybody's at the dinner table eating and having that same mindset, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And it's great to see the New York Knicks back in the win count. Back in the playoffs. Not just the eight seed. Not just begging to be in it. We belong in it. We're the hottest team in the NBA. We're in the front of ESPN. We're in the front of all these websites. They're talking about the New York Knicks. New York basketball is booming right now. And a big part goes to Julius Randle. And his play, he's been playing out his mind. And my fanatic MVP is Julius Randle. Hands down. Like, it's not even... Because I am a Knicks fan. I bleed orange and blue. Julius Randle is my MVP. But my corporate side and 
my reality side, I had to vote out for Jokers to win it all, to win the MVP this year. But God damn it, respect my Knicks. I'm glad we took a Julius Randle. I'm, I'm glad Julius Randle accepted the onus of wearing that Nick jersey, the stigma that comes behind it. Or you're just going to lose there, get away from Dolan, get away from that organization. They expected too much for you, too much pressure. Well, this MF came out here, put it on his back, got criticized last year for having a decent season, and now he's having a great one. And all you Nick haters, don't come back. Don't jump back now. All you Nick fans that said, you know why I can't even do this no more. I'm not even mad at you, but don't come back. Look from afar. Respect Julius Randle from afar. And respect what he's doing and what it's doing for the NBA. That's it, Fanatics. Till next time.